Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're here to discuss Barry, the penultimate episode of the fourth season, A Nice Meal, written by Liz Sarnoff and directed once again by Bill Hader. I gave this episode a 9.4 out of 10. I know I haven't been always dropping my ratings I've noticed in the last couple of podcasts I've been doing (laughs) they just kind of go over my head but I do put them in the show notes in case I do forget so always check there I thought this was a really great penultimate episode clearly and I got all the Hank I could have possibly wanted. There was very limited Barry in this episode. And I think because he is behind the lens, it's intentional, of course, but it allows for the other characters to breathe. Even though the show is called Barry, he is the villain in this story. He's not the protagonist. And we're kind of waiting to see who is going to arise as the protagonist, if there is going to be a protagonist at all. And that is something that I feel with this series may be a bit of a struggle for folks. I can see that it being so heavy and dark and (laughs) you have this very charming person. It reminds me a bit of the man in black from Westworld. Everyone was waiting for that character to be redeemed because they thought he was such a badass and they could not settle on the idea, which is why they wasted two additional seasons trying to get everyone to that conclusion that no, this guy is a piece of shit. (laughs) I don't know why raping someone in a barn for 30 years didn't hit that home, but what do I know? You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Barry has that same draw, I'm sure, to a male audience. And seeing him continue to really hit a place where you couldn't make any more excuses may be off-putting. And then you have all these very unlikable-like characters, and no one seems to be growing or getting better that can feel a bit uh, what's the right word suffocating for a show when you are used to and been really trained to see or expect plots to go in certain directions and while some shows are successful this being the golden nugget others are not quite as successful such as ozark because some can say (laughs) like (laughs) is there ever gonna get over it no no because fucking season was four was one of the best seasons until those last fucking three that second half was so mad you don't even understand how upset i was that was the show that progressively just got better (sighs) ah So I will make that comparison because it feels like the right comparison to make. And yet they did not do the correct service, in my opinion, of what they clearly built up to be. It was ah, not that it not. And clearly I'm watching a show of bad guys. And at the end of it, there are no good guys. So that's not my problem. But if I'm following a narrative, it needs to make sense consistently through. And when you go back and you watch the series as a whole, once again, that I'm doing, and I'm watching a reaction to someone right now, which, oh, go back and do the rewatch. There's a lot of little things that make even more sense where we currently are in the season. And quite frankly, when he killed Chris... (laughs) it's when rationally we all had to come to this conclusion that this is not a great person (laughs) by the end of season one and he killed Janice no one should be surprised that we were here even if it may be surprising if that makes sense as I stated, based on your expectations of, well, 
maybe they're trying to make this guy better, giving him some type of redemption. But there was never redemption on the table. I've rambled on enough. We got to get into the recap. Wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, all those good things. If you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com for the finale. Or you can leave a comment below. I will never say religion attracts evil people. I think it attracts good and bad people. And the bad people, well, they use religion as a security blanket. You know, I'm talking about all those kings that, you know, got all those indulgences to wash away all their sins or the last confession before they die. Because everything I do in their mind is okay as long as I repent. And I went into a whole thing spiel last podcast about how I feel about how that should go down. So we'll not rehash it. I see Barry as someone who has manipulated the idea of religion to put a security blanket over his own sins. So when he's praying in the garage for his son and for Sally and it's, you know, very humbling to hear Jim Moss sees through the falseness of it, the false conversion, the repentance. If you were truly repentant, then you would turn yourself in. If you were truly repentant, you wouldn't consider the idea of killing another human being. If you were truly repentant, you would have stayed your ass in that jail cell. Whether you liked it or not, because repentance isn't about what you want. It's about what you deserve based on what you've done. So this newfound spiritualism, as Jim points out, is fear manifesting itself as he knows where he is going. And it is not to any cloud in the sky, no matter how many times he says the words. Barry, in his memory, is back to that desolated isolation that he rather prefers, I believe. And then to the beach, even though all of the souls are no longer there, it is a place in a a certain purgatory that those souls are trapped because he's taken those lives away. And until he's gone, it feels as if those lives can't have any peace. Of course, that feels religious-like talking, <laughs> putting it all back into uh, into the same parallel here. However, it is the words to express as closely as we believe or Barry believes is going on in his own psyche. If that made any sense, I just want my boy to be safe. Well, so do I. (laughs) We have that in common. He also can't feel his arms and legs, wonders what he did to him. And Jim replies, I cut them off. I will say he did warn Barry that it was all in his head. He's like, I'm not doing anything to you, Barry. It's all in his head. So when he tells him, that I cut your legs off and he believes it. Even us, the audience, at least myself, is fooled in that moment because he says it so matter of factly and it's so reasonable on this show that you're like, oh shit, he did take his arms and his legs. How the fuck we're going to get the, through the finale with Barry and Amputee? Who knows? But I'm going with it. He's seen horrible things happen to his loved ones. He has these VR, some type of goggles on. I want to say that they're deprivation, sight deprivation goggles. I don't know. I have no idea how to break the human mind. So I'm just going to go with it. Let's move over to Gene. 
who has set up a website to stop the movie from being made with Tom addressing this as not the choice he would have thought he'd make, but whatever sells your relevance, I'm down with. Quote, you're showing them to be the whores that they are. <laughs> Jane swears he's just trying to protect Janice's memory. You gotta be ashamed of yourself, nigga. Real talk. You gotta be ashamed of yourself. All as you is. Oh, we will have so much more to say about Jean. Let's check in with Hank, who's in the lobby staring at the statue of Cristobal, considering his life choices. Val, his assistant, says that the Fubux, Fubox, I don't even know <laughs> how you say that, but they're, they're here. Fubox stands for Four Ultimate Badass Killers. Hank said, wait, those guys are real? At least he listened to past advice from Cristobal himself and did not hire such unreliable hitmen, but got some pretty competent folks. It's more surprising that Fuchs boys are as competent as they turned out to be. This scene right here, though, this scene (laughs) is one of two that made the episode for me. And of course, they both involve Hank. (laughs) No surprise there. Val is doing the introductions. He introduced the first guy. He's got a lot of kills under him. So he's added to the cart. I love that it went the camera pan to each face. And we don't see Hank reacting. We just hear what he has to say. Again, Bill Hader is a genius when it comes to marketing comedy just by using the right angles, using the camera to make it even more comedic. Because this, this is just a few lines, but what make what sells it is that you can't see Hank's face and that you're just assessing these people as <laughs> their dating contestants, or you're picking out your your next lover that also moonlights as an escort the second guy he has uh todd is his name he has a shit load of coups under him he's like oh it's not as many don't don't undersell yourself okay it's still a shit load of coups oh yeah one of the guys likes to stab up close and the other ones was a bomb maker because he wanted him to blow up fuchs's car but when he got to Isaiah, he said, yes, please. Make it nasty. Make it nasty. Drop, drop it on the bitch. Make it nasty. Make it nasty. Make it nasty. Pop, pop it on the bitch. Make it nasty. He didn't hear his qualifications. He didn't care what they were. He said he can get it. He's a sharpshooter. Of course he is. Oh, no. I hope I don't fall. His kill count is 500. Make that 501. You got that yummy, 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 yummy. Yeah, you got that yummy, 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 yummy. That scene was me. It was me and Hank together sharing the same brain. <laughs> Down to the he can get it. <laughs> hysterical i loved that scene (laughs) so much there was a comment that someone made from an article i was reading where they were saying the humor's been gone from this show and i'm like i think it depends on what your type of humor is (laughs) some of us have a very dark morbid sense of humor and the jokes are always hitting. I've always found humor in this show. <laughs> Our last season when the guy just came out of the car. <laughs> the car dealership is like, ah, not today. <laughs> it killed the biker. How can you possibly say there's no humor? There's a lot of humor. It's just, it's, it's, it's dark humor. So if dark humor is not your thing, Yes, it might be a little, a little, um, faint and hard to find if 
<laughs> and it, there's a lot of witty humor too and sarcasm. And there are references where you do have to think a little bit. <laughs> so back to what I originally said, it's all about your sense of humor. You gotta own. Someone else said that too recently. He was like, oh, I don't, I find that offensive. No, say you found that offensive. You can't make everyone responsible for your feelings. <laughs> and they didn't even mean it in a harsh way. It's just, yeah, we, we do as people tend to do that. Generalizations instead of owning your own, like, you know what? I didn't feel this way. Okay. And you're entitled to, but you don't speak for everyone and you shouldn't be making a statement about yourself in a, in a generalized way. Barry really does love his son, though, even if it is in an egotistical, selfish kind of way, just as Jim loved his daughter, which is why he's considering <laughs> to start the torture with a knife. Barry, however, recognizes Gene in his memory. And despite there was a few people who stated, um, I didn't even get through the whole scene yet. That Barry was intentionally manipulating Jim here, but I don't find that believable. Mainly because we saw inside of Barry's head and he's looking at his father figure, mentor figure, and he's seen him show him cake and he's seen him in the manner that he remembers him most. Not as the guy that turned him in, but as the guy that accepted him and uh, helped him through a time where he believes he found a core part of himself where he did get him to kind of, you know, reconcile things from an inside perspective. So he's seeing him at this table and he's apologizing to him saying that he, uh, he gave him the $250,000. Now this is, Surprising considering Barry showed up to kill him. <laughs> and that Gene never mentioned to anyone about this fucking money. And I mentioned it last podcast. I didn't watch this episode before I was making my notes. I always write my notes in real time. <laughs> so sometimes I'll say something in my notes up top and then it'll be addressed later in the episode. And I'm like, and sometimes I'm right. I'll predict something I'm like, wow, following it along. But I was thinking like, wait a minute, what about that fucking money in that house? It's weird that that's never been a thing because it certainly should be. <laughs> you took blood money, <laughs> didn't tell your son where the blood money came from. And yeah, to my I spent some. And how much did actually go into that damn house? Because we don't know. That house could have cost 100K, maybe 200. Where did other 50 go? Plus, you spent eight years in, where did he say, Israel? You didn't get that money working. <laughs> so where did money come from? Uh, because he did his one-man show, another egotistical mistake on Gene's part when he was clearly told everything that happens to Gene this episode is Gene's own ego getting in his way. He was told to keep his mouth fucking shut. He did the one man show with Lon. Now, when he, they find out about the money, because you once again didn't mention it, Jim looks at Lon's notes, because he took them from him, <laughs> and he begins to suspect that Gene is involved more than he admitted, because he told Lon that Barry was desperate. All those things he was saying in that episode, I was like, this is not good. This is not good. You're changing the narrative. You're making it seem as if Barry is the good guy and you're the bad guy or you're the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Impotence? No catalyst? Maybe better for why, why Barry went after Janice. I believe, even though they didn't show it, because Gene had a new number and this guy, Matt, the agent, gave him the number. Now, of course, the, he could have gave the number to Tom, so on and so forth. But I'm just cooking up this theory in my brain. Go with it. But Jim called Leo 
to get Gene to see how he really feels about Barry. Like, why did he really show up? Like, he showed up just when the movie, how you shoot your son and didn't show up for eight fucking years. But then when they're making a movie, you show the fuck up. So they're giving him the chance to hang himself and he just stepped right off of off the uh, hangman's news, Stitney. And there was probably some back and forth. Jim gave Leo his suspicions. He's like, no, my dad wouldn't. But you know what? He never did explain where that money came from. And he probably over the years, they probably talked about, you know, both of those people just disappeared off on the same night. Uh, you shot your own son. <laughs> uh, you came into some money and then you decided to show up and kind of pay to get back into his infections. Uh, ah, man, it went bad for him. <laughs> I could see it, uh, how this narrative can stick in a court of law. But I think after some back and forth, they're like, let's just test him and see if he truly is about honoring Janice and her memory. And if he has any feelings regarding Barry that he shouldn't have, because recall Jim caught Gene not when he was being held hostage but when he was let free so to say that you went through all of this trauma well yeah at first on at first face value it's believable but you think about it it kind of feels less likely so especially if after he read that notebook and you're sitting here making yourself out to be someone that should be pleased by this like you had this uh hitman in the palm of your hand what did you expect to happen so um yeah matt calls gene because daniel day lewis is coming out of retirement and wants to do the film and play gene himself and he gets a meeting set up I think that this would be something particularly that would play to to the sweet spot. And I think Leo would know that, that this would entice him. Gene the twat gets a call from Sally, who's at the airport, <laughs> needing help, not to mention she wasn't trying to save his life. She's looking for Barry. So thank God that, or that thank God felt hollow. Like, oh, thank God. <laughs> what do you mean thank god you're <laughs> both are narcissists but gene demirs i think i've already said that word about a million times to describe these people but man do they hit it to a t uh he's like oh, i can't pick you up i can't miss this meeting and i can't call the police and do the right thing instead so he tells her to meet him at his house he did look a little bothered to even have to be bothered by sally <laughs> while sally looks lost john is there he tells her that are we gonna meet daddy and she's like yeah we're gonna meet him at an old friend's house hank gets bad news val informs him the the food books landed an hour ago but there's been no communication and then he sees the boxes it's their heads. We don't know that. <laughs> Four boxes with the right amount of blood leaking out of each box. I think we can safely assume <laughs> that it's probably their heads if I had to choose a body part that's meant to send a message. It's like a head. Uh-huh. Like a thought. Another head. Why am I still opening these? Then he goes, Isaiah, fuck, even in death, just an absolute fox. He is too much sometimes. He is too much. The way he took down that, uh, that liquor. <laughs> He's like, we're just going to handle this our fucking selves. Forget it. Fuck the house. 
Val was ready to die though. He's ready to fall on his sword. He's like, okay, well, because I failed, I'll go ahead. No, of course not. I need you. <laughs> and you think about any of the other Chechens, you know, they'd be like, yeah, you fucked up. Now you have to go do something that's going to lead to your murder. But you see very flippantly, Hank is not like that. You made a mistake. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Um, and he didn't even really make a mistake. It's just like, shit, that didn't work out. The scene with the gangsters talking to the women about being upset almost won for top two scene of the episode, but it takes three. (laughs) The dude's outside mopping up all the blood. Uh, they don't like the fact that, you know, it's one thing that they're animals. It's another thing seeing y'all chop people's heads off. So they want to spare them that. So they start to start to uh, come up with ideas. One says, let's just take you out for a meal. And then one dude's like, well, that's, you know, I'm not trying to be whatever, but how are we supposed to know? Because this was a sneak attack. Then the other dude's like, how about some noise canceling headphones, which nobody likes. <laughs> and then here come my dude, Mustafa. I saw the Fast and the Furious in the movie theater. My head, my ears, they're still ringing. I say we watched the movie. You know how big the sound bar has to be on that it still will work. And then to top it off, the Hispanic guy says whatever the fuck he says there's no translation which is perfect (laughs) and the camera stays on them the whole time loved it they they they're really really doing the best (laughs) with these group scenes gene trying to be incognito with that black umbrella boy if you don't get talk about pretend you're talking on your phone sir but the minute he heard Mark Wahlberg wanted to play Barry, he drops the sneaky act. Then when he hears there's going to be a bidding war, he drops the act of giving a fuck about Janice. His whole entire tone changed. This is a way to get Janice's story out there instead of, oh, they're exploiting our story. The sad part about his turnaround is it wasn't even hard. When he hears Mark won't play a killer, he replies, Barry is a complicated guy, but a sympathetic soul. Disgusting. I thought that was very meta commentary for better and worse. But also it completely stains any love that he had for Janice because she died trying to do the right thing. And you're not interested in that at all. And he follows it up with the notion that he intends to askew Barry's villainous persona to gain his own notoriety. Anything to get Mark Wahlberg to say yes. So if he needs to, you know, tell him more of the whole story, that's the tip of the iceberg. He needs to embellish, a.k.a. lie his fucking ass off. And, uh, unfortunately, that's the nail in his coffin. Because I don't think Jim or even the DA was ever intent on giving Barry due process, but someone's going to pay for fucking Janice. He sends him to the Four Seasons, or they're going to go to the Four Seasons in Beverly Hills. And he goes with this person knowing that Sally is on his doorstep and can't get in his fucking house. (laughs) So you ain't even a friend or a pretend friend. Even though I really, that's like calling the kettle black as Sally (laughs) in the next scene we see a couple of scenes is, is uh, repaying Jean back in kind. Hank and Val, (laughs) This was the other scene that was just icing on the cake. They really set up a missile to fire when the ladies left the home. (laughs) 
They didn't bring another missile. It completely misses. <laughs> and they can see them very clearly. Hank calls Fuchs like, call him off, call him off. He's like, oh, you thought you was going to get rid of me that easy? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Why would he not think that? Come on. I don't want to say that Fuchs has been the weakest link, but dude, you ain't killed nobody. Your goons have. Even though maybe now, I don't know if he was involved in those four beheadings or not. But he's <laughs> like, you shot my guys. Yeah, and you're next. <laughs> they shoot like stormtroopers. But when I saw his ass jump over <laughs> the side of the mountain. <laughs> the phone was on the whole time way down. He needs some milk. I laughed my ass off. I watched it four times. Because <laughs> you just see him running. It <laughs> just burns his ass off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Um, let me stop laughing at that because I will. I will laugh at it. I just I keep picturing it and it's funny every single time. Val picks up Hank at some old lady's house, giving him the coke, being like, I don't want that. <laughs> then chastises him about the rocket. You told me to watch the budget. I meant office supplies. This new phase of their war with Fuchs is now give Fuchs whatever the fuck he wants. And since that is Barry, he sends Val to bring him Gene. Poor Sally. I keep saying that. <laughs> we gave her the hardest time the first three seasons and she deserved all of it but man she is definitely paying for it and while I am a huge proponent of karma I don't want to see it happen <laughs> I'm not sitting there with popcorn and snacks I don't like to see people suffer even my worst enemy. I don't want to see it. Maybe there will be something like killing my child and it'll turn my mind to be that manner. But there is empathy there because it's not like Sally got to the place where she was all by herself. And because we can see or we have seen that this season, there's more of a better understanding of where and how she got to the place that she was at. Which uh, is the wrong place to have the empathy. Because now I'm like, oh, just turn yourself in. And she can't even turn herself in. Can't even do that. She gets to Jean's house. She's got this kid with her saying, look, what's going to happen now? Well, um, Dad will come, he'll kill Gene, even though he says he'll take care of his business. And then we'll just keep doing what we've been doing, which is more akin to hell. Even John is aware that shit just got real. I thought having all of the sound evaporate from the moment with the wind blowing. And you understand that she is absolutely and utterly alone. She's absolutely utter alone. While she has a son, there are no maternal feelings there. She has Barry, but that is a... <laughs> that is pretty much what she feels she deserves. And she's safe. And she could be who she is. But... She doesn't even like that person anymore. So she goes to an officer to turn herself in. But upon seeing the man she killed and emotionally having to face that, she ends up demurring only to turn around and see the Chechens have taken John and are now coming for her. Jean goes to the hotel and finds himself tricked. He rounded that corner. There was the DA, Leo, an officer, and Jim Moss. 
And the first thing Jim Moss asks is, why did you never tell us Berkman gave you $250,000? It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. Leo, who was shot and never stopped being surprised by his father's horridness. Parents and their children. There's a lot of themes going on between that because Fuchs has now gotten himself a daughter. (laughs) He's ran off. He could have been had himself a relationship that he's always every time there's the opportunities too. that's another big thing that we all have opportunities to change. We all can go back. We all can actually repent for what we do, but you got to take those opportunities <laughs> and Fuchs definitely in his vendetta with Barry, Barry and his obsession of what he wanted his future to be versus you know plenty of times he could have just walked the fuck away from LA and a lot of things would have probably been better in the long run for him Uh, maybe not as a person but he wouldn't be in the situation he currently is uh who else has a gene and his son you know he keeps getting opportunities with him to make things right and to simply be a better person he keeps fucking it up um and then you have this father i knew there was another pairing i wanted to mention but you have another father and a and daughter a father and a child and we keep in a show like this it's easy to forget that that's a father who lost their child and you hear in the garage of barry talking about his son and if you had that love for a child then you know you know what it means to have that parent lose that child and yet you took ryan's life well you didn't but (laughs) you allowed him to take the fall for all of your crimes And, and you met that man's father not once but twice and he had the opportunity to kill you and he did not um ended up killing himself that's still so fucking sad (laughs) but you know that's those things that barry just cannot grasp because of his own inherent selfishness that he he doesn't have the empathy for other people to see how that's wrong so now they've surmised that janice killed janice was killed because they found the drug money in kusino's studio so a Chechen was killed at his studio. Then y'all go up to the cabin. Barry's there. You're talking about Barry wanted to please you and was desperate for a father figure. He's like, I never said that. The way he said it with a stone cold face, like you didn't two minutes ago. <laughs> they now believe he and Barry orchestrated her murder murder together, which would definitely make more sense than Ryan ever did. There's a theme here somewhere also with lies being perpetuated as to the truth no matter (laughs) um how many times the story is retold maybe somewhere in there (laughs) don't know if it's intentional or not i just started putting those pieces together in my brain what's worse is that fuchs has taken on the moniker of the raven a made-up story by hank to divert attention away from barry but barry brought hank back into it by planting the chechen assassin pin where janice's body was found who was next to janice's body oh barry and the raven (laughs) so it now looks like the discovery was planned and then here comes the true the true uh nail in the coffin i think i already used that analogy but we're going for a second time gene you really are a great actor That is not how he wanted his acting talents recognized. But now he has it. 
And now he's going to go down with that chip, I believe. I think Gene's going to jail. I don't think anyone's going to come out of the gate, considering where we're headed in the finale, to be able to vouch or counteract any of that story or even want to for Gene. And now he may be spending the rest of his life in jail for something he didn't do, but based on the lies that he told and continued to tell, continued to pull his ass back here. He didn't have to. He didn't have to, but he wanted to. And it wasn't ever for the reasons he said. He's bored as fucking Israel. He was scared. And now that he thought it was safe enough to pop his head out and oh shit, they're making a movie about me is when you showed your ass out. And then you went to the the studio before you went and saw the son that you shot. What the fuck? (laughs) Hank and Val come in and it is surprising that Hank has never met Sally. He definitely knew that wig was not it he took that shit right off said sally reed before turning around and walking out and i tried to read hank's expression because i think that hank is coming with the okie doke okay i know i'm biased i'm fucking biased i admit it but (laughs) i don't think that hank is nearly as foolish as he used to be you know, he has been on top for eight years. Fuchs said the same thing. I never would have. You underestimated. I underestimated you. The same with Barry. I don't fucking have to fear. Even when he went out, he's trying to go after Gene. He's not trying to go after Hank. He's not even thinking about Fuchs. These people are irrelevant to him. Um. So. I think that Hank was like, okay. He wants Barry. You fuck with the people that Barry loves. He's witnessed firsthand what happens when Barry is blinded by rage. Right? He has always used Barry in a way. Not intentionally always, of course, but because of who Barry is as a tool to handle the violence that has come towards the Chechens and Hank's way. And so part of me feels that his game plan is not necessarily to put them in a room and, and like put them up. Like, I'm not saying that, but I do think that he's built a powder keg and he's just going to watch it explode. And if he comes out of that, of course he wants to come out of that. And he probably thinks he can make it out because he has thus far. (laughs) I don't even know how much ahead he's thinking on that. But I do think that he is fully aware that a reckoning is happening and it's going to it's it's going to implode when it does. So if he wants Barry and you think you can handle Barry. Let's just let's go ahead and roll the dice. But when he gets Sally. And he realizes he doesn't even acknowledge John. He walks out. I think a part of, and I I could certainly be um, projecting here. But here's Barry with a family. He got away scot-free. Living his best life while everyone else was left in the mud. Fuchs himself, he lost something vital. Fuchs lost something vital. Lord knows what Fuchs lost in jail for eight years. <laughs> but Barry or Gene has lost something vital. <laughs> but Barry got to to live out in their mind their, his dream. He went off and, and, and oh, he's got a family now. He's got his girl. He, he, he got the, uh, the happy ending, so to speak. That's what I thought when he said great. <laughs> That's to say 
wow this cannot get any better all of the all of the old players are back in play (laughs) except they're not gonna get gene because he's probably in county lockup right now he's being processed the ending scene of course is hank calling barry being like i have your family come quickly if you want to see them alive and when he shows up he's gonna either show up shooting or he could show up shooting and then fuchs that's another thing though fuchs knows him better than i think barry may be counting on so i don't see it as a direct reenactment from season three of him coming in and shooting up the monastery i think we're gonna get some of that but i do think that fuchs is gonna get the upper hand because we're gonna need to see that one-on-one scene mainly because i think fuchs has earned the right to really yell at barry and it might give us some perspective of really where these two people started and clearly where they're going to end because it did start with them my fear because seeing that rage come over barry really great shot from behind as well is that john is going to feel the need to protect his father which means he might pick up a gun and kill someone or worse be killed i don't want that to happen i can't think of that happening i don't think they will do it that dark but i do think that john is going to kill someone I wish they would stop showing us him looking at his mother breathing all extra hard because <laughs> I'll tell you a story real quick. So I was a pretty good kid. Really, really good. I, I wouldn't say I grew up like a fighter or really dramatic. Just no. But um, my parents, my mom thought it was a really, really good idea to keep who my dad was from me. And one year when I was 15, it came out. <laughs> this is going to correlate, I swear. Um, but it didn't come out the way it should have came out, which is those two people sitting me down and explaining to me at some point in the last 15 fucking years, for Christ's sake. I mean, if you would have said this when it was three, when it just would have been ingrained from the time I, I was speaking and saying those words, daddy, when they have this problem but when you lie particularly to children and they can sense that something is wrong because for the like for the past three years up until my 15th birthday I just felt something wasn't right between me and my father like I just I didn't like the man <laughs> granted he was a abusive alcoholic but I it was deeper than that there was a disconnect um and so I was stuck with this feeling that I didn't really know what to put a, a really put a finger on. And I had felt it my entire life though. And it turns out what makes sense is I wasn't his child. <laughs> and while I wouldn't say he treated me terribly different, he treated me differently than his other children. So knowing all of that, having those feelings for years, the same with John, knowing something's up with his parents, we're moving all the time. No one's telling me the truth. I'm getting the love that I'm supposed to get, but something about it doesn't feel right. Uh, Granted, every child wants to be loved. So there's the idolization part as well and the indoctrination, but we've already discussed that. My point is when I looked at the birth certificate at my aunt's house uh, and found out the truth, well, your your nice girl went the fuck off. I mean, I became a different person. That five hours back from Indianapolis to Ohio was probably the worst five years of my parents' entire life because Christina was acting a motherfucking fool in the backseat, okay? She wasn't trying to hear shit. All she saw was a blind rage that you lied to me. (laughs) And I knew it. And all this time I was left with this, this festering. And you allow that to happen. So that that anger can be very, very, uh, 
murderous. <laughs> so when I see John over there breathing extra hard, staring at his mama, I'm like, don't kill your mama in a blind rage. <laughs> or worse, your daddy. I mean, that kind of be what he deserves, but I don't think it should be that because the one thing that Barry doesn't want is his son to become a killer. So his son is going to need to become a killer before Barry realizes what he's actually done. And that if he continues on, he's going to ruin that child as much as he has ruined himself. It's already ruined him halfway, but he still can be saved. So, um... This is going to be an interesting finale. I hope that Hank makes it out and he raises John and he goes and finds Mitch. Fix is definitely not coming out of the finale, right? Barry, I can't see coming out of the finale. Sally may come out of the finale, but I don't think she's going to come out mentally sane. <laughs> I think she might get stray jacketed or worse, have to go back home with their parents um or maybe not maybe maybe she is just free and uh she ends up turning herself in all of the things all of the things that are going to be we don't know where they're supposed to meet up either be i think it would be poetic if it's at the at the theater but it almost seems too small. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would almost be better if it's at the at that that nice house that they they have. Even though there was a lot of shooting going on. I'm excited. Are you excited? If you are, blackercouch at gmail.com. Have your feelings. I'll put the podcast out next Friday. Because I have a hair appointment on Saturday. So I'm not going to be podcasting on Saturday. And I am supposed to go to the movies to see the new Spider-Verse. I'm not watching it. My daughter's watching it. I'm, I'm supporting what her choices are on Sunday. So I might not be podcasting a lot next week. And then the week after that, I'm going to I'm going to London. So it might be some light cast for next week. But I'll definitely be recording this finale on Friday. <laughs> blackercouch at gmail.com again or you can leave a comment below my social media will be there as well like share subscribe until next time peace hair grease and blacker magic